Gus, I don't mean to... I'm not trying to get, like, sentimental on you, but... Yeah. This is... What we're doing right here... Uh-huh. Is, like, the purest form of podcasting. You know, like a Sunday afternoon. Oh. We're just, like, killing time. You know, uh-huh. it's like neither of us had much going on. Right. Rainy day. I'm drinking coffee out of a mug. Yeah. We're not going to make a dime off of this. Nope. Like, this is just... It's just a podcast, It's you know? just... Yeah. This is us in our purest form. And it's just... Like, this is what... This is what podcasts were. This is, this right. is what podcasts started. This at. is how it started out Before it us. became big business. For some. For some. Not for us. Not for us, because we don't make... Like you we said... Still, we still just make podcasts. We don't make We don't make sense. money. We make podcasts. We make podcasts. You know podcasts. what I'm saying? We make the magic without the reward. And you know what? Right. It's still worth it. Well, me, so there's I, a reward. I, the reward to me is just seeing our shit on Spotify. That's true. Seeing you know what that I'm saying? We're actually on Spotify. Like, we are on Spotify. Like, we're available on Spotify. And I love that in part because I'm a Spotify fiend. I, I love Spotify. There is nothing other than Spotify. There might as well not. In the same way that there is, there is no place to bowl other than Harmony... In Colorado oh. Springs, there is no other bowling that is alley. A, that is a bold take. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think it's wrong. I, I'll tell you what. Yeah, Kingpin underrated. Kingpin yes. is pretty good. Kingpin is underrated because it's like you can't even see it from the street. You gotta yeah. like drive through some weird, sketchy parking lots, right? And like a mini golf course that probably shouldn't exist. Probably should. Yeah, probably violates a lot sometimes, of safety. Sometimes codes. I wonder if like mini golf is frequently a front for like laundering money because I'm like, how are these people still up and running? I wonder that too. You know what I'm saying? Because like at busy times, yeah, you might, there's probably like a dozen families on the mini golf course. True. At like a busy time. Busy. But so many times, like these places are open all day. It's not like they're opening from like three to 8 PM or whatever. Right. They're open open all day. They open at like 9 Mm AM. You know, from the hours of like nine to probably around three or four. Correct. They get, Maybe 10, right. 10 players. And also, like, the only time for foot traffic is in the summer. Right. Like, once it gets cold. But they're still open in the winter. They are. Yeah. A lot of them. Which is weird. It's weird, dude. And it then, is weird. And then the prices for mini golf, you could go pretty much anywhere. Six bucks a person. Yeah. Or six bucks a game per Six person. bucks a game. That's, like, in most mini golf places you go to. And over time, it hasn't gotten more expensive. That's the crazy right. part. They've almost mini never changed their prices. Mini golf doesn't get more expensive. If anything, it gets cheaper. Yeah. Which I don't get it. It does because they don't change their prices. So I'm just like, is there some sketchy shit going on? There could be. And trust me, I love mini golf. I, I have played love mini I have golf. played a shit ton of mini golf in my life. You also regularly get beat by your girlfriend. Yeah, don't dude. You? I know. I've never beat her. No, I beat her once. You beat her once. I beat her once. Recently I've started playing mini golf left handed. Oh, not, interesting. Not, not on the shots that I need precision, but on the shots that I know I need randomness. This is the craziest thing I have ever because, heard. Because, you know, you know, there's some mini golf holes where it's like your precision doesn't really matter. Right. Because whatever you do, there's going to be some amount of randomness mm-hmm. in your shot. Correct. Because that's the way the courses are built. Right. Mini golf is not a game where pure skill will win every single time. So hear me out. When I need precision, when I need finesse, when I need touch, okay, yeah. I shoot normal, right-handed. Uh-huh. I'm not saying I'm good at it, but that's what I do. 
because I trust my right-handed shot more. Now, if there's a shot that requires some randomness, yeah. I've started shooting those left-handed. Because <laughs> because actually this the only so game st- the only game that I've ever beat my girlfriend. Yeah. I play we usually play pretty fast. We're pretty quick. Right. Um yeah. so anyway, Mini golf does not take a long time. No, and it shouldn't. There's it should be a ha- it should be like a, take a 30 time. to 40 minute affair. Correct. For 18 holes. Right. Yeah. So anyway, we we're, we keep getting like backlogged. There's people in front of us playing right. slowly. So right, right. after every hole we play, mm-hmm. I would replay that hole left-handed. And I was doing better. Like had I been playing left-handed, I probably would have done better. So the next game we played, huh? Anytime it was like one of those up and overs or where like you just hit it down the little chute and it like hits all the the pipes and then goes down. Mm -hmm. I started shooting those left handed. Yeah. And it, I lost. (laughs) God. So, um, Oh my God. So anyway, um, it didn't help, but that's what I do now. This is actually a great segue into the movie we're talking about because that story had no point. And honestly, oh shit, I feel like oh, I feel like it. Lightyear. Oh no, has no point no, in existing. Dang it! Wow. Whoops. That, Sorry. By the way. That was an incredible segue. That was the, <laughs> I saw it coming and I couldn't. I, I was clawing. I was I like, tried, "Please, give me something." I tried to. I tried to brace myself. And you were like, and it didn't help. And I was like, "Bing, I got it. Okay, I got it." Okay, let's. Uh, I haven't oh, even pulled man. up the Imdbo page. What am I doing? Oh now? Lord, I think I have it pulled up right here. Okay. Okay. So, um, so Lightyear is. It's very meta. To a certain point, it was one of my most anticipated movies of like a very long time. Oh, for sure. Because as a yeah. kid who grew up in like the heart of the Pixar era, like the golden age of Pixar movies, I was very excited to see like an original film about Buzz Lightyear done by Pixar. Because there have been like animated shows that were Buzz Lightyear related that I loved watching as a kid. <clears throat> But never something that like Pixar got its hands on that had the Pixar style. Right. And I was very excited for it until, and this proved to be right when I was watching the movie, until they said that Buzz Lightyear would not be voiced oh. by Tim Allen. That's what's upset you? That, when I saw that, I was like, oh, okay, now I'm not as excited. Because well, I, get, I get it. I mean, because oh, Tim Allen would have been... Tim Allen would have been more entertaining. Correct. Tim Allen would have been the smart choice to get viewer to get butts in seats. Right. Basically, because, because people want to relive that, 1998. Exactly. I mean, you that's basically when, that's when Toy Story you came basically out, right? like 98. Uh, I think the first one came out in 95. Okay. And then the second one came out in 99. Fair enough. Either way, continue. Either way, um, you're hamstringing like half of the adult audience because. The adults want to see, or they, sorry, they want to hear, they want to hear their Buzz Lightyear on screen. And not that, that's not to say Chris Evans did a bad job. I think he really put a good effort into it. But hearing his voice, it just felt like it wasn't a Buzz Lightyear movie. 
It just felt like something completely different. I and think- as I was listening, I was like, did they like, were they thinking like Tim Allen would sound too old for the character or did it seem like maybe like they just didn't think it would be, but that's not like how it works. You don't like associate a face with a character when you're watching an animated movie. If it's a really good animated movie, when you see the character on screen, you just, you connect that voice and then that's the voice for the project. And then you go and you look and you see whoever the voice actor's face is and you go, oh, I didn't, you know, I didn't realize it was him or I I didn't see that face the whole time I was watching. I saw Buzz Lightyear's face, but I knew it was Tim Allen's voice. But it didn't change the fact that when I was watching it, I still connect made that connection that the face they want me to see is the face that I'm hearing, right? I'm not like looking at that and going, oh, kind of, it should look more right. like Tim Allen. Like it doesn't look like Tim Allen. It looks weird because Bud Lightyear doesn't look like Tim Allen in the original movies. No, he has. He's well, he's a toy. <laughs> right here, and I I have I I think I have a rebuttal okay. along with, I guess, in agreement. So I'm going to... No, I'm going to rebut you, and then I'm going to rebut my rebuttal. Okay. Okay? My immediate rebuttal would be that this Lightyear is not the toy Buzz Lightyear. This Lightyear is the character that the toy was based off of Buzz Lightyear. Right. But then my rebuttal to that rebuttal is that in Toy Story... Mm Mm-hmm. We meet multiple Buzz Lightyears, and they're all Tim Allen's voice. They all have the same voice, Correct. which indicates that every every Buzz Lightyear is just Buzz Lightyear. Like right. they're all Buzz Lightyear. That voice is Buzz Lightyear's there voice. Aren't, there aren't because if this is Buzz Lightyear, then this is what the toys were based off of. Right. Which means there's only one Buzz Lightyear because there is Correct. the only Buzz Lightyear is this Buzz Lightyear in this movie that they that right. they established. Yes. In the year 2022. Right. This is the Buzz Lightyear. And think about it this way, too. I'll, I'll add on to the rebuttal to your rebuttal. Okay. Is Please do. In the original Toy Story, they run commercials for the Buzz Lightyear oh. toy, and Tim Allen's voice, Tim Allen does the voice work oh. for the commercials, right? So why would you have a guy who portrays a character, and then in your marketing campaign go, we're going to get an entirely different voice for the toy. Yeah. And make all the sound recordings, all of the advertisements with a completely different voice mm. from the movie that became so popular. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes almost too much sense. And also kind of what's unfortunate too is this ended up not being the thing that I disliked most about the movie. Whoa. <laughs> yes. I, again, I did not what, hate this movie. What It sounds like you did. I had fun what with this you, movie. <laughs> what did you dislike the most? What, what I disliked the most is the entire basis for the conflict of the movie. The basis is that Buzz is trying to get all these people off this planet. And in order to do so, he has to run test flights that age him four years due to uh, spatial... I can't remember what it's called. Um, time dampening or something like that. Basically, he's moving so fast that everything else is moving too slow. Right. So relative to real time... Just go watch Interstellar. He's not... That is the point I'm about to make. Oh. In Interstellar, this is why... One of the reasons why Interstellar is so great is that in order to do what they have to do to save the planet, they basically have to run the risk of wasting 80 years of time relative to their reality while they do not age. Right. Right? 
something like that. It's like eight, uh, an indefinite, an uncertain well, it depends amount of on time. Where they're at. Right, depending yeah. on where they're at, they could they could waste a hundred years trying to save the world, and it might not work. Like the Earth might age a hundred years, and they won't age at all, but they still haven't accomplished their task. The whole the first hour of Interstellar is about them is about our main character Matthew McConaughey struggling to figure out whether or not this is a risk he's willing to take to sacrifice the family he has on Earth. He ends up doing it, and it has insane consequences and you feel the weight of those consequences throughout the movie Mm -hmm. and at the beginning of this movie we spend 20 minutes with established characters that they establish and then they kind of get rid of those characters while buzz spends 60 plus years trying to solve you know their issue of of hyperspeed and all those characters are gone and it doesn't feel like there's any consequences and they keep bringing up that his partner that character throughout the movie and I did not give a single shit about her because she was basically pointless once he started going on these missions. And part of that is because they didn't put enough weight into the fact that she would be gone because guess what? He tried it like four times Yeah, and she was still there Mm -hmm. and then she just wasn't. Right. And they're... Like that conflict that you're talking about didn't really exist. Like it right. was, it wasn't there. They yes, they kind of established her character, but the the risk reward they didn't take any time to actually right. have the characters have to deal with that in their right. in their reality. Imagine imagine the first hour of this movie being Buzz trying to do all that stuff, and every time he comes back, you spend ten minutes with the other characters. And they're talking more about how they're living out their lives and they're enjoying where they are and they they like what where their future is and they're excited to like have grandkids or whatever, right? Because that ends up being a plot point is his original partner's grandchild is like working with him to try and help him finish his mission. But we don't ever see, but like seeing Buzz like mentally tormented through the fact that he's like basically every... 30 minutes he's jumping ahead four years to try and save everyone like there's no there's no weight of like that decision making going into it like he's i don't know i just i didn't get like i couldn't get behind him or any of the other characters because it just felt like all the decisions they were making like had these vast consequences and they just kind of like brushed those consequences aside like his best friend his best friend got married, had kids, who then had grandkids, and then she dies, and he's just like, all right, well, still got to finish this mission. And they give you a little bit of that yeah. emotional background throughout the rest of the runtime, but it's so, like, it's so slight, and it doesn't it doesn't feel rounded out, and, like, it doesn't feel like it has weight to it. And that's part of why, again, like, I don't really care much about that character because she just... I don't know. They didn't put any time and effort into it. It feels like. I okay. Oh, hi Leo. Hey buddy. I I do for the most part agree with that. <clears throat> However, I think that <clears throat> I think that that is also at the heart of this character. That is his like that is his main character flaw. 
mm-hmm. is he is so focused on his original mission right. that he doesn't let himself see the fact that, oh, people are starting to settle down here. They're accepting this, right. you know, the reality that we're living in. They're going about their lives and he's yeah. kind of stuck in the past in a way. Right. Uh, well, in multiple ways. He's stuck yeah. in the past both physically and mentally. Correct. Where he can only focus on the original <clears throat> the original mission that he had to do. Yeah. But I think that that in and of itself makes him a little bit more interesting because that's uh-huh. what he is trying to overcome. And at right. the end of the day, that's what the new characters, you know, his partner's grandchild and mm-hmm. the other space, well, who he names Space Rangers, the, those right. other characters, eventually they're the ones that kind of help him almost just get over his own ego because that's right. the, the, the whole point is that he can't bring himself to just let go of the mission that he failed because yeah. he's so hung up on his initial failures. So mm-hmm. I agree from, from a overall storytelling standpoint. Right. I agree with your point from a, from the standpoint of analyzing the protagonist, yeah. I think from that from a character standpoint. From a character standpoint, I think that it works. I think he's well built. I just think maybe his character is misplaced within the story. That could be it, but also I I like I agree with you. I like that as a character idea. It's just by the time we get to the end and I, I guess it's kind of a spoiler like they don't end up fully completing the mission and they decide, you know, right. we're just going to make a life here. Uh, something that everyone else decided long before right. he did, and that's that's ultimately where, where his character needs to end up, right? Like his sure. his arc should go from, like you said, that flaw being this dedication to finally taking a step back and realizing I'm, you know, I'm not really living li- a life here, while everyone else is. Right. I just when he came to that realization, I didn't feel like he had gone through like enough. Like there wasn't enough like mental and emotional reaction from him to like feel like he had actually gotten there right the the toll it had on him almost like didn't justify him right coming to that new conclusion and accepting the situation that he's in yeah like it has to it has to carry some weight for his his character like in in the long run beyond what even is is in the film Mm -hmm. you have to know that his character is now living with what he just did with all the time he wasted essentially. Right. And I think and that wasn't really there. And you kind of, I think where they, they kind of lose that again is in the first act, like there's just so much development missing that. And it doesn't even have to be character development really it can just be you beating the character into a state of emotional turmoil where he's not developing at all, but all this stuff is going, it's just the, the montage I felt like should have been a bigger chunk of the movie. Right, because well, we're just to, we're just flying through all these moments, and you don't really get to see any of that affect him at all. Also, not to uh, not to weigh too heavy on the comparisons to Interstellar, but it's it's a it's a layup. It's, yeah, it, it's it, just right there. For it us. really is. Um, it is. But I think that to your point, the characters in Interstellar, and maybe this is too much of an adult theme for Lightyear to try to tackle. Uh huh. But the characters in Interstellar, like, they pay an emotional price for everything that they're doing. Right. And by the end of the film, like, it shows. Oh, yeah. All of them have basically just been to hell and back. Emotional damage. Emotional damage. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> and so, I, I think that that's some, again something that Interstellar got perfectly. Yeah. But in this, it doesn't really exist. Mm-hmm. Maybe also because he's the only one going through it. Like you almost right. have to. Yes, you establish his partner at the beginning, but you have to. He needs to have somebody other than a robot cat to be going through this journey with. Right. Because even when he comes home, and it's like you said, they don't spend any time revisiting his relationship with his partner. He, Correct. He gets back. His partner has these big life events, mm-hmm. and they don't. He doesn't spend time with her. He. They don't. Right. There's no like bonding. There's no mm-hmm. like begging him to not go yeah. anymore. I guess there's a tiny bit of that, but yeah. it's not it's not enough to like by the end of the film like show the weight that he carried right throughout these this decision making process. Right. And also in the end had he actually had to, you know, take that weight upon his own shoulders mm-hmm. in the end when at the end of the day it, none of it worked. Right. You would expect that his character would be a little more like I guess emotionally damaged. Right. Yeah. Like when he finally settles on, okay, like this is the life we're living. Yeah. You would think that after all that he had been through, it would have, it would have been a a little bit more of a toll on him. Right. As as a person. Right. My only other weird, like stick with the plot is the fact that Zerg is him. But again, in toy story canon, Zerg is Buzz Lightyear's father. Right. Because and honestly like I get that in Toy Story 2 it was not a throwaway joke, but it was a it was a huge like elbow bump to the Star Wars thing. Right. Thinking that Zerg killed Buzz Lightyear's father and all this stuff. Even like visually they set it up in right. that scene to right. just exactly. be to right. be Luke and It Anakin. is a word for word yeah. like like recreation of that moment in Star Wars. Right. But like I think it's kind of like well, I they feel like it's canon. You like you can't go away from that because it's right. All. And by the way, if we watched that in this movie, we would probably be like, "Oh yeah, that's cheesy." Like, but also, right. sorry that twenty years ago you established the fact that Zerg is Buzz's father, right. and we haven't forgotten. Yeah, and it's like, dude, it's seriously like they were in the writers' room and they were like, "Yeah, we're not doing that." Or even or worse, they, or even worse, they were like, "Who should we make Zerg be?" Yeah, they were. They, they like, didn't this know. Was, this was like it, this was part of their pitch meeting where they were like, mm-hmm. "Guys, I, I don't know. Like, we should have Zerg be somebody important." Yeah, like, he, like you know that that's the either. Oh, yeah. So either they chose to ignore it, or they didn't even know their own story well enough. Right. Yes. Which okay, I Understood. like to believe the former because to believe the latter means that these guys are really stupid, and I don't want to. I yeah. don't want to think that. Yeah. So Understood. I'm gonna pretend it's the former, but. Otherwise, those are most of my complaints. Otherwise, as far as things that I love go, this is probably the best-looking Pixar movie to date. Agreed. The animation. Agreed. I mean, every time I see a new Pixar movie, I think, how are they going to do better? Yep. And there have been a couple movies where I felt like, eh, the animation style kind of dipped there. But, like, if you look at, like, the, the chart, the graph, 
the dot graph of all the Pixar movies ever made, there's just been this crazy incline since Toy Story came out in 95. And this, again, it's just another one of those movies where you're like, how can they get better? How can they do this better? And then yep. you see this movie and you go, I can't believe they did it again. And it's they, it's so well balanced because – so like some Pixar movies, Onward comes to mind. To me, Onward yeah. was beautiful. Like the animation was incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was almost so good – and they were trying to set a degree of realism that I like could not get behind. Right. I was like, this doesn't make any sense. I felt the same way with um, Soul. Soul had a like little bit too much of that like aim for realism because a lot of it mm-hmm. takes place on like in New York, I think, is the city. And there's just a, a little bit like too much texture in that movie. To, like they're going so yeah. much like with how like the depth of focus works and how they frame shot some shots. I look at them like, whoo, that looks a little too real. Like yeah. I, you kind of start dipping down into the uncanny valley a little bit. But this movie like is at the like like the peak of that uncanny valley line where it just everything is so yeah. balanced and blends together so well. Well, and it's the perfect. It is it is the perfect balance of realism with cartoon because right. they, these characters are still cartoonish like right. in the you know even like Buzz down to the way that like his head is shaped like it's right. all kind of cartoony and they know that it's a cartoon. Yes. But yeah, I I think I would tend to agree with you. Like this is Pixar animation at its best. And Pixar since its development has been the best in the game. Yes. But like 100%. They I agree with you. They've you know the the animation, maybe in any movie, has never been has never been oh, yeah. as good. I also I really liked the voice cast. I thought I did too. I thought Kiki Palmer was great. Yeah. I thought Taika Waititi was great. Yep. I don't know who the others were by name, but like the whole the whole voice cast was very very much up to par. Like it was a very well casted uh, group of people. Bill Hader was. Um, Feathering Hampton. Feathering Hampton. Feather. Feathering Hampton. Yeah. Feathering Hampton. I didn't even realize I actually, that. I did have one issue with uh, the voice cast. Okay. My issue was uh, casting Zerg, casting James Brolin as Zerg, and not having Chris Evans voice Zerg. Yeah. If yeah. If Zerg is Buzz. Yeah. And maybe, maybe. Mm-hmm. Chris Evans is not a good enough voice actor to play a slightly older version of himself. And sorry, you have to live with that. Maybe yeah. find somebody better. Right. And I'm not even saying he was bad. Because Chris, Chris Evans as Buzz wasn't bad. Right. But maybe he's not an uber-talented voice actor. Yeah. And if you're going to make Zerg an older version of your main character, uh-huh. at least let your main character play Zerg. Yeah. So that I actually had an issue with that as the voice, the voice choices. Right. Um, I thought that the movie was very humorous. I thought it was pretty funny. Oh yeah. Like the, and that's another thing that Pixar kind of has down. Oh yeah. And obviously not every movie is written by the same people, but really like dating back several years now, Uh Pixar and it's jokes like, Oh yeah. It's, they just have there, but also like, because it has a perfect balance of like, childish jokes mm-hmm. that adults will also think are funny. And right. that's always been animated movies. Back, oh, yeah. Back to, like, the 80s. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, animated movies always have to throw in jokes that 
parents will enjoy, basically. Yeah. That kids might still find funny, but they don't understand right, exactly. the full context exactly. of them. And so that's, and that's part of the art of making animated movies is because you have to know your audience. The target audience in this case is going to be like kids younger than 14. Yeah. So you have to assume that their parents will be with them and you have to make something that they can semi-enjoy right. to. And especially our generation now that grew up with Toy Story, mm-hmm. like Toy Story was, came out when we were born. Basically. Right, basically, yeah. So you have to also think that people that are bringing their kids to see this movie mm-hmm. watched Toy Story at a young oh, yeah. age. So at a very young age, yeah. Like it, it, it takes a little. It takes very good balance in the writing to make this enjoyable for yeah. the people who are seeing it just because they loved Toy Story, mm-hmm. and also their kids who probably don't know what Toy Story is. Right, who might and, not have seen and it. And I thought, yet. I yeah. thought the writing, as far as the actual script not yeah. the story writing right but as far as the script goes i thought it was pretty good i was a pretty tight script i mean there are moments the one i the one i remember off the top of my head is like near the end when uh they're all like walking to a ship and tiger waititi's character is talking to the cat socks and socks is talking about like man i really wish i had pants and tiger waititi's character goes hey you look great without pants i wish i could pull that off and that's it that's the joke that's like <laughs> Again, that's like one of those jokes where like as a kid, you might the way like his his he his inflection of his voice is like yeah. you might understand like, oh, there's a joke there and you laugh at it. But as an adult, it's just again, it's one of those jokes where like once you get older and you get a little smarter and you realize like, yeah, we can't really walk around without pants on. Or like sometimes you look a little weird when you don't have pants like that it's again it's just like those minor lot like those quick one liners that Pixar just has nailed down, and honestly that feels like such a YTD moment too for him just to be like, I wish I could do that, right? And then that's it. And also the, the um, the uh, the spaceship blasting him with confetti when he finally breaks light speed yeah. or whatever he was yeah. aiming for, um, that was pretty funny. Although, again, it kind of took away from what sh- maybe should have been a more emotional moment right. for these characters. Um, I don't, I don't really have a whole lot more to say. I don't say. really either. I, I think feel we like kinda we covered we kinda it. touched on everything. There's, yeah. there's only so much breakdown you can do for a, you know, a PG rated animated movie. Right. And especially one right. that kind of lacks depth. Um, yeah. Like this one. It's in a way I was, I was a bit disappointed. I, I personally really enjoyed this and it's hard mm-hmm. to kind of detach and say how much of that is just sentiment you know like how much did i like this movie purely based off of nostalgia nostalgia yeah a character that like played a big role in my childhood right like you know dude you know how many buzz Lightyear toys i own yeah dude you know how many buzz Lightyear toys i I had like like, yeah dude like i had a full size like this big and i think it was like black and glow in the dark dude the suit was yeah it was like a it was probably like a foot tall, maybe two feet tall. Uh-huh. And I would like slide it down the railing at my house, like slam it into walls and mm-hmm. shit. Oh, yeah. And eventually, like I couldn't even flip the mask up anymore because it got so caked with like dirt and probably like my boogers or whatever, you know, because I, <laughs> yeah. like, oh, yeah. I was just like a f- freaking little kid. Oh, yeah. It. But I still have a Buzz Lightyear Christmas tree ornament Dude. that I hang like all the way up That's by the top, awesome. bro. It's like Buzz flying uh-huh. and he's holding the like star, like a tree topper star. Right. Buzz Lightyear, like, yeah. 
my favorite character a as a big kid. impact loved, in my childhood. I loved Buzz Lightyear. A hundred percent. So for that reason, I loved seeing a movie about Buzz Lightyear. Yeah. But kind of like you said, when you start to break it down, mm-hmm. it kind of failed to live up to what we were hoping for. I even right. mentioned to you, because in my opinion, I think the last, you know, the last couple truly great animated movies were like Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Yep. And I really liked Coco. Some people are like split on Coco. Yeah. I thought Coco was an all-time uh-huh. animated movie. We haven't really gotten a great animated movie in a long time. <clears throat> like it's been years. Yeah, it's been a long it's been a while. And so I was hopeful even though yes, it's based off of an already established character. Like this was going to be right. a new story. And it it kind of was. It was. Yeah. But I was I was hopeful for like one of the best we've seen like in a years. groundbreaking yeah and instead it kind of it it, it kind of you know gets lost in the crowd like yeah. it's no it was just not, not that i've watched a ton of animated movies yeah. over the last year or two but like to me um it doesn't stand out yeah and that's what i was hoping for i want right. even even if it wasn't you know it, it was never going to be an a plus movie but i yeah. wanted it to stand out a bit and yeah I'm, and i'm not sure that it did anything to separate itself from right. from the rest right what would you uh, What would you grade it? Um, I'd probably grade this. I'd give it a B minus. I yeah. didn't. I didn't hate it. I quite enjoyed it. But like I said, uh, I enjoyed it because of the name more than anything. Right. Right. How much? Yeah. How much does your your nostalgia? Like I was, ha- I was, I was happy just to be watching Lightyear. Right. And just that, to see. And I think that's where, like, the joy that I got from watching this movie. I think it really did just come from the name. Right. At the end of the day. Right. I. And pretty much, yeah, totally agree with you there. I would give it, I'd give it a C plus. Mm-hmm. I can't quite convince myself that it's that higher. It's a B movie. Yeah. Yeah. And it's again, it's like it's not something that I might ever watch again. But it's not, and it's not that it's because like it's this groundbreaking type of art house movie that was crazy and insane. But I just you know don't want to watch it again. It's just because. While I enjoyed it in the moment, I don't think I could go back and enjoy it as much again. I also think, <clears throat> I think Disney knows that it's a C plus B minus type of movie, mm-hmm. mostly because it's already on Disney plus. It's been out for less than a month at this point. It only made. I think, I think it's been three weeks. It made a hundred eighteen million dollars in the U.S. on and a two hundred million dollar budget. On a two hundred million dollar budget, so its worldwide box office is two hundred twenty two million. They're basically losing money. Yeah. Like as yeah. as far as Disney is concerned, a profit of twenty million at this point is not great. And right. now that it's on Disney Plus, I'm yes, they have breakdowns for all these metrics, but mm-hmm. it's it's just another Disney title at this right. point. Right. Right. Um, that being said, it is on Disney Plus, so. Correct. To kind of transition us on out, uh-huh. um, go watch Lightyear. Yes. Um, hopefully you have if you're listening to this. Mm-hmm. But if not, know that it is available. It is. Um, if you have Disney Plus, go give this a watch and then yep. let us know what you think. Absolutely. Um, We're available everywhere. Everywhere. Eh? The. Where? There you go. I was gonna say where, but it's I fine. know, but it's I just fine. wanted to Good. get. I, I would get honestly, to. Honestly, I was sick of the get bit. to the get to the I point. I was sick of the get bit. to the point, Gus. I get it. Um, we are now. We are now. We are now front row podcasts everywhere. Front row podcast. Uh, we wanted to make it easier for you guys to find us, so we are front row podcasts on anywhere you watch podcasts. Uh huh. Um, Spotify, Stitcher. Yeah. Um, Apple Podcasts. Yep. Um, as much as we both love Spotify. 
nobody really uses Spotify for podcasts. Yeah, um, people are still pretty married to Apple to Podcast. Apple. Um, shout out our SoundCloud folks. We yes. are on SoundCloud. We're we probably on a couple other sites that we don't. We don't know even about. know. Yeah, because um, our feed just gets put out every it's just, episode. It's just all over the yeah, place. It's everywhere. Um, but you can also find us on social media. On mm-hmm. Facebook, we are uh, Front Row Podcasts. On Instagram, we are Front Row Podcasts. Oh. <clears throat> um, let oh. me see what our new. I'm pretty sure I I I got us a new uh, handle. Oh. Uh, on the gram. Instagram handle. Let me see. Let's find out. Okay. We are Front Row Podcast on uh, on Instagram. I'm not going to tell you the handle because it's currently still our old handle. I haven't, oh, okay. I haven't changed it yet. Well, if, so you, look up front, if again, you look up Front Row Podcast, you'll find you us. You will find us. Um, we appreciate you all. We do. Give us some suggestions. Yeah. Um, we have a couple we, we in the tank. We have a couple that we yep. have not actually done yet. Correct. And that's just because we are lazy and busy busy Dude. and we always watch different movies too, than each too other busy i know yeah i know it's too bad but um, we're, we're 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 both like on the cusp of having like three or four yes we are we're right we're like, right close if i watch like one and you watch i think one or two then we'll each have then we'll have three shows yeah. that we can knock yeah, out we can real knock quick out a bunch so um, look forward to those Maybe we'll be doing some more uh, TV or series oh, lately because yeah. we had talked about a couple. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, just keep an eye out. We yeah. we're we're kind of playing catch up with each other right, right. now because we're, we're, yeah. we're both a couple movies ahead. This was one of mine that I saw in theaters. So mm-hmm. um, nicely done, Gus. Thank you. Um, I have I think two now. I need to catch up with you. Yeah. Um, you have one or two one, to catch yeah. up with me. So we'll we'll get there. We're going to keep pumping out this content whenever we have time. Yeah, we're going to do um, it. Hit I'm us God, with that I'm like. Tell hit, your parents. Hit us with that subscribe. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell your dog. Dogs don't know how to subscribe, so you're going to have to do it for them. But then, like, when you leave for the day, just throw the show on. They'll probably love it. Or they won't, and they'll destroy your house. So, you know, it's fine. Either way, it's good. No, not either. No, not good. good. No, no, not no bad. One, one of those is good. One of those one is, is bad. bad. Yeah. yeah, correct. Your dog will love it though. We're dog people. We are. All right. We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>